Seth Lundy, Penn State, uh, wrote a piece about him recently. Lights out shooter. Just an absolute gunner. Brandon Pajemski, Santa Clara. No, a really intriguing name. Um, he had absolutely freakish rebounding numbers in college that make you go, well, what the hell was that? Um, interesting, right? For like a 6'4", six, 6'5", six, guard. But a guy who can really handle the ball, really shifty, can shoot the ball. His catch and shoot numbers, I believe, were really good. Um, a guy that, you know, is not going to be J-Dub 2.0. Uh, he won't be. Completely different players. You talk about wind, wing defense, lights out. You know, he was one of, if not the best defender in, in college basketball last season. An absolute ball hawk. Uh, I wrote a piece on him. I compared him to Ed Reed. Welcome to the Sports Ethos Kings podcast. This is Jill. We are joined by our new co-host, Daily Sabonis, and Albert Jim from No Ceilings NBA. We're going to be talking about all things uh, the draft, scouting, who he might like at 24 for the Kings, and then um, some possible sleepers in the second round that we can look at. So, Albert, uh, I'm a big fan of your work. And before we get to your favorite prospects for the Kings at 24, I wanted to know, how'd you get into scouting and writing? Um, well, first off, I want to say I appreciate you guys having me on today. Um, anytime I have an opportunity to talk about the draft, obviously, it's a lot of fun for me. Um, so thanks again. But um, in terms of my journey, in terms of covering the draft, writing, podcasting, all that stuff, I think I'd have to look back to the 06 NBA draft. I think that's when I first really got into things. Um, I was in my second, third year of high school um, at the time. So it's been a while. But um, I just remember being in love with Rajon Rondo, uh, watching him, his stuff coming out of Kentucky. Uh, Paul Millsap was another big name during that class. And I remember just really falling in love with looking up these players trying to find clips of what they were doing. Um, obviously, YouTube and stuff wasn't so big back then. Um, but yeah, I, I think that would be the genesis of me kind of having this love affair with the NBA draft. Um, I'd probably look back to the 06 NBA draft. And then um, in terms of about, in terms of like writing and podcasting, um, Corey Tulliba and I, we started the Draft Act NBA pod about two years ago. And then um, we kind of got connected with a couple of different writers over Twitter and then we started a website and we started a company and now we're here. So it's been an interesting journey, but uh, thankful for it all. And uh, it's always a lot of fun for me. Awesome. And congrats on you and your company's success. Uh, I feel like you guys are growing every month and, and it's amazing. And the content you guys put out uh, is fantastic. So this draft is tricky. I feel like all the prospects that I like or fell in love with have now moved up. So uh, I'm a little disheartened. I would love to know, who do you have for us at 24? <laughs> um, I actually like what you said. Um, I think we're kind of at the point now in the draft cycle 
where, you know, most media outlets, sports media outlets, they're putting out big boards and mock drafts. And there's all kinds of reporting and intel about players moving up and down boards and, you know, players getting promises left and right. But I, I think I think it's really important to remember that before every single draft, there's always all kinds of smoke and all kinds of rumors about players being all over the place. And then they end up nowhere near where that smoke was uh, suggesting they'd go. So uh, just a little disclaimer for, you know, your, your listeners and for myself, honestly, is that um, sometimes I have to challenge myself not to get so caught up in where I'm seeing names um, on different lists and names according to different rumors and stuff and just think true to my evaluation. Um, so long answer, I apologize. But for the Kings, there are a couple names. Um, obviously, you sent me the outline previously and so i was trying to get some names that you guys would be into uh the first name that i wanted to bring up was Derek lively um out of duke uh big rim running center really athletic um a guy who is being kind of marketed as a guy that might potentially be able to shoot it from outside one day um i think that's going to take a lot of work for that to ever come to fruition but a guy that you know his role is going to be clear and i think sometimes we get so lost in trying to find guys that have a million different dimensions to their games. But also I, I don't think, you know, the rim running center that can protect the rim is, you know, extinct in the NBA. I, I think it's still a valuable player. Um, and I think Derek Lively is going to be that guy. His role is going to be very defined from day one. He's going to be a guy that you'll be looking to protect the rim a guy who could potentially, you know, even guard out in space against smaller guards. But the biggest thing with him is on offense, you know, you're not looking to throw him the ball in the block. You're not going to be asking him to do much with the ball in his hands at all other than setting good screens, rolling to the rim, and being a vertical threat. So I thought looking at the roster for, you know, the Sacramento Kings, I thought having a backup big like that um, to complement everything that Sabonis gives you guys um, as a starter, I thought would be a really great option. Um, along those lines, uh, another, name's, another name would be uh, James Nagy uh, out of Barcelona. Uh, I mean, you talk about a guy with an NBA-ready physique, NBA-ready athleticism. Um, he's an absolute monster of an athlete. Um, I think if you just watch him on the defensive side of the ball, there's going to be so much that Kings fans will get excited about uh, if you watch him. A guy who can really, really defend, can move, a guy that you can see the outlook and the future of him guarding out, you know, out in space against smaller guards as well. But another guy who's going to be really defined in terms of his role, not a guy that you'll be giving the ball to and doing a lot with. And before I continue on, I, I did want to ask the two of you guys, um, is there a type of player or a role that you guys are looking for that you're hoping that the Kings would grab uh, in, from this class? Personally, I would say three and D if, if it's there or okay. like last draft, it was Keegan and the Kings don't really have a history of taking forwards. So I think at this point, as many forwards as, as this team could add to um, that can shoot preferably if you have a Fox and Sabonis. Um, but we did see that they need to improve defensively. So that's where the lively and Najee, I think come into play and are intriguing. But I would say, yeah, defense or like the three and D. Yeah, I've always said that I want to like a six nine Davion, if possible, that could shoot. And uh, I'm sure if that person existed, they're probably in the top ten. So um, hopefully, whoever we get uh, can develop um, in years to come. 
Okay. Um, if it's along those or lines, I would say then... before you start, like the city, like Sissoko. Okay. Like to me, I could project that where sure. the shot still has to get there, but he has that defense and the body that you're sure. kind of hoping that that can translate. No, for sure. I I think Sissoko is a really interesting option. A guy who is an absolute demon in transition um, can really pass the ball too. Um, I, I think a little, you know concern with him with his passing might be he, he like he loves a home run pass a little bit too much but that could be cleaned up um so i wouldn't hold that against him but yeah i think cd is definitely an intriguing option there um another name in that range around 24 that should be available would be uh, well you guys have keegan his brother's really good um chris murray i think is getting slept on um 20 point per game scorer in college this season lights out shooter uh with his brother being gone was asked to do a lot more with the ball in his hands and he delivered clearly um putting up 20 points per game is not easy uh, especially in college so i think he deserves a lot of credit for that i think he's an intriguing option obviously like it's kind of the easy boring option to just grab the brother of the guy you took last year but chris is a really really good player um another name i throw in there is jaime hawkins jr out of ucla um, a guy that I've seen up close and live, got to scout him um, up close and personal a couple times. Great NBA physique. Uh, people, for whatever reason, think he's a bad athlete, but he killed at testing during the combine. <clears throat> really good athlete. Um, I think he's going to extend his range out to three. <clears throat> Was more of like a mid-range killer um, in college. Uh, a name that I want to throw in here that may actually end up at 24 that I have a, a, lot, a little bit higher than 24 is Colby Jones out of Xavier. Um, Colby Jones is a guy that I think any fan base would love to have. Uh, he is the epitome of a winning player. Guy just knows what to do at all times. Uh, we've done a couple interviews with him and he's got you know great mentality, cares a lot about winning, cares a lot about defense, cares a lot about team basketball. Um, who improved his three-point shooting from uh, his junior year to his senior season. Um, his free throw shooting wasn't great, but his outside shooting definitely improved a lot. And um, after talking with him, one of the big you know, points of emphasis for him right now is working on uh, shooting off the dribble. So I, I think you know, Colby Jones is a name that you need to have on your board as well. The last name that I want to throw in there uh, in terms of like a wing shooter would be uh, Maxwell Lewis out of Pepperdine. A uh, great size, six seven, six eight, huge wingspan, really good athlete. Um, I another guy I got to see play live uh, was on the floor uh, with them during warmups, and he just couldn't miss. He took probably fifty to one hundred threes right in front of me, missed maybe a handful of them. Uh, just an absolute lights out shooter. Uh, had a weird developmental path, um, and then from year one to year two. Worked a lot on his ball handling, playmaking, defense. is still a work in progress, but definitely got better in year two. But, I mean, a lights-out shooter, prototypical NBA wing size, um, a, a guy that I think you guys would definitely be, definitely be interested in. And, to be honest, potentially may go a little bit higher than 24. But if he's there at 24 and you guys grab him, I think he'd be a really exciting prospect to look to develop and to, you know, kind of invest in. So is Maxwell Lewis more of a project? Compared to, let's say, uh, the Santa Clara J-Dub from last year? Yeah, I would say yes, but um, he's already a better shooter. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I do want to uh, roll back a little bit, back to Jaime Hawkins Jr., who is my guy. Anybody who follows me on Twitter knows I'm a UCLA guy. 
Um, my concern with him is, like you said, the athleticism. I do understand he killed it at the combine with uh, the skills and whatnot. Um, he had a very high vertical. I think he was top 10, right? Yeah. But I, I do recall the USC game, and I felt like he consistently got torched by Reese Dixon. Am I yeah. getting that name right? Uh, so I'm concerned about his lateral movement and his sure. three-point shooting. What do you think? Um, first off, with defense, I think, um, yeah, I wouldn't say he's of the fleetest of foot, but um, a guy who is really, really strong, has NBA-ready physique. Um, standing next to him, he kind of looked like Gordon Hayward. Um, huge, broad shoulders, gigantic chest. Just a guy who you know is going to be able to hold his own physically um, from day one in the NBA, just in terms of strength. Um, yeah, I'm with you. He doesn't have the fastest feet, but he's a very smart defender, a guy that knows where to be. And I think a lot of times, sometimes we, in my opinion, I think sometimes we overrate athleticism. Um, I think sometimes something that my co-host uh, Corey says all the time is if you can think the thing, uh, if you can think the game fast, uh, you can play the game fast. And it doesn't not necessarily because you're actually fast, but because your intellect can get you there. Um, and that's how I see Jaime. Um, I get it. Like he's going to have trouble against faster guards. Um, you know, there are a lot of quick guards in the NBA that you know he's going to have trouble guarding. But with his size and where you're asking him to guard, he'll, he's he'll mostly guard threes and fours. Um, but in a pinch, he could guard twos and maybe even ones if, you know, off a switch or whatever. He's not going to kill you defensively. Um, if anything, I actually think he's going to be a really good defender. The shooting, I understand. He took a lot of mid-range jump shots. But if you look at the mechanics of his shot, there's nothing wrong with it. I think he's going to easily be able to extend his range. And, you know, in the NBA, his role is going to be different. The context is very important. In college, he was asked to create a lot with the ball in his hands. Obviously, Tiger Campbell had the ball a lot. But also, Jaime, when he had the ball, it was kind of like, hey, man, go get a bucket. Go make something happen. In the NBA, I think his role will be way more defined, um, a lot more catch and shoot, a lot more playing off ball. And so if that's the case, I think he'll be able to shine in that role. Um, he may not be a quote unquote superstar, but he could be a superstar in his role is the point I'm trying to make. And I think those types of players are highly valuable. And we always say if, if Kyle Anderson can do it, then I'm sure Jaime Hawkins can do it as far as, um, having lateral quickness and right. whatnot. So no, I agree. Um, and to be honest, uh, you know, I was always paying, paying attention to the freshman Amari Bailey and. A Dembona while I watch UCLA. So I, I took Jaime for granted because we knew his game mm. for a long time now. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Um, he, he, was, he was there for a while. But I, I just, I loved his development. Um, I felt like he was doing NBA level stuff. Um, and as you mentioned, he played with a Dembona. I thought they had good synergy. They played well together. Um, I really liked what Cronin, I, I don't genuinely love what uh, McCronin does as a coach at times. Um, but I thought he did a pretty good job in getting Amari Bailey to play defense um, and to lock in defensively at times and trying to help him develop as a defender. And I think Hawkes did his role, you know, as an upperclassman. He was a leader. You saw it during practice, uh, during warmups. Um, I, I thought he had a really good season. Um, you know, wasn't the end that, you know, UCLA fans probably wanted. But still, I, I thought he played really well. And in the tournament, I thought he played well, too. So Yeah, I'm, I'm still shaking off my trauma. Um, so... <laughs> On to the second round, which knowing Monty McNair, we're not even sure he's even going to draft anybody. He may trade sure. our picks. Um, so it's it's a total wild card. Who do you have for us? 
Okay, the first name that I want to rattle off here is uh, Ricky Council from uh, Arkansas. Big athletic wing, um, a guy who you talk about athleticism, freak athlete. Um, he's absolute lights out as a as an off ball cutter. Um, his movement, off ball movement stuff is really really good. Um, when Anthony, or sorry, when uh, Nick Smith Jr. was out with injury, he was creating some stuff. They were asking him to kind of handle the ball and make decisions, and I thought he did a pretty good job as a passer. Um, handle is pretty good too. The shot needs a lot of work, um, a lot of work. And, um, you know, it's not going to be a one-year fix. It's going to take some time. But I, I think there's potential there. I, I think he's a guy who can eventually get to being, you know, like an adequate, maybe he's at 33 to 35% from three. Um, I don't think he'll ever be a lights-out shooter. But what he can offer you with his size, his frame, athleticism, defensive intensity um, is a really intriguing option, I think, um, especially when we're, if we're talking about the second round. Uh, another name is uh, Tumani Kamara from Dayton, uh, big body uh, four from Dayton. His uh, his wingspan is unbelievable. Uh, he doesn't have arms. He has stilts um, on his arms. It's unbelievable what he what his wingspan is. Uh, but a guy who has great touch around the rim uh, with both hands. Uh, there's some versatility to his game. Uh, great touch, like I said. Uh, outside shot needs a lot of work, but. You know, he's a lefty, so you kind of believe in lefties to eventually develop into shooters. It's a weird thing uh, we all believe in. Um, I've, For whatever reason, I feel like I've never seen a lefty that can't shoot until I saw Leonard Miller. So, um, you know, I, I really like Tamani Kamara a lot as a second-round option. I, I think, you know, he can handle the ball a little bit. But ultimately, you know, his another guy, his role will be defined. And once you're drafting later on, late first, second round, whatever, you're not you're not hunting for superstars. Um, you're hunting for guys that could fit in your team, can play a role, can offer value, um, and hopefully, uh, you know, offer value above where they were drafted. But I, you're ultimately looking for guys to contribute. So I think Kamara is another really interesting option. If I have, if I had to give you one more name uh, for the second round, uh, Brandon Pajemski, Santa Clara. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, ask you really, about him. <laughs> <laughs> no, a really intriguing name. Um, he had absolutely freakish rebounding numbers in college that make you go, well, what the hell was that? Um, interesting, right, for like a 6'4", 6'5 guard. But a guy who can really handle the ball, really shifty, can shoot the ball. His catch-and-shoot numbers, I believe, were really good. Um, a guy that, you know, is not going to be J-Dub 2.0. Uh, he won't be. Completely different players. Um, but a guy that is intriguing. Um, he's got a lot of skill to him, can really handle the ball, as I mentioned before. Um, I've heard him compared to like a Goran Dragic type of guy, which, hey, you grab a Goran Dragic light in the second round and you're interested in that. Um, the last name I want to throw in there, because, you know, we've done multiple pods with him, really great guy, and I think he's going to be a really good NBA pro, Jalen Clark, UCLA. Um, you talk about wind, wing defense lights out you know he was one of if not the best defender in in college basketball last season an absolute ball hawk uh, i wrote a piece on him i compared him to ed reed uh, the instincts that he has um is unbelievable he developed as a shooter um his outside shot improved a ton i think will continue to improve uh he is out right now with an achilles injury but uh you know according to him telling us uh directly it's progressing well 
he potentially could be back by December uh, next season, which is in, in, exciting too. The rehab is going really, really well for him right now. So Jalen Clark, another really interesting name and a guy that would offer you NBA ready defense from day one. Yeah, I've always felt that Jalen Clark was plug and play. His three point shot has improved tremendously. So yeah. I think he's ready to go. Um, and everybody knows I would go crazy if we had at least one <laughs> UCLA guy. I, I really do believe in vibes. And, you know, if you notice, both teams in the finals have at least one UCLA player. So I think they bring good vibes and good luck, but that's totally a theory that I'm not going to spout out too often. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's he, he's going to be good. And actually, you know what? If I can, I want to throw out one more name. Seth Lundy, Penn State. I uh, wrote a piece about him recently. Lights out shooter. Just an absolute gunner. Jill did the the jumper the form right there. Lights out shooter. Big physical guard. Um, he's got slow feet. I think defensively it's going to it, be a little bit of struggle. I, I wouldn't go so far to call him a 3 and D type of guy. But he potentially could be at the same time. Um, he, he, he cares. Plays really hard. Um, did literally everything that Penn State act him to, asked him to do. Um, there were even times that they, you know, kind of asked him to create with the ball in his hands, and he had a hard time, but he tried his absolute best. And I like guys like that. You know, I like guys who are kind of like, you know, next man up, and they're ready and willing to do whatever the team needs of them. And that's Seth Lundy. Um, absolute dog of a competitor. A great, great shooter. You know, you guys are talking about shooting a lights out shooter off the catch, off the move, um, off the dribble is not so good. But I mean, we're talking about a second rounder here. So I think he's a lock to go in the second round. Sorry, I know I said one more, but I want to throw in one more for you guys because no, I think Kings uh, fans before, will like him. Before you do Sorry. That, what's your NBA yeah. comp for Seth Lundy? Maybe a uh, better shooting, not as controversial Dylan Brooks type of guy. Um, yeah, it could be Seth Lundy. I just, you know, Dylan Brooks can't really shoot the ball, but Lundy is going to be a lights out shooter. So yeah, maybe that's a comp. I don't know. That might've been a terrible comp, <sighs> but okay. One last name I wanted to throw at you guys, Julian Phillips, Tennessee. Um, another guy who I wrote a piece about him earlier in the year, but, um, super long, uh, didn't shoot it great in college, but was good from the free throw line. And if you turn on his film from high school, was a really good shooter. Uh, could shoot it from the mid-range, could shoot it out from three, has a beautiful form. So if you're thinking about, like, you know, guys that you're going to let develop a little bit, I'd bet on Julian Phillips. I actually think Julian Phillips is going to greatly outperform his draft slot. Um, a guy that I think will go late first, early second. But great wingspan, good athlete, and I think will actually be a good shooter. Um, for me, one of the great indicators for shooting is free throw shooting percentage. And he shot it well from the free throw line in college. Um, wasn't high volume, but still he's a guy with, you know, he passes the eye test as a shooter. Once again, I, I, I strongly encourage, um, your listeners and for you guys as well. If you go back and watch his high school stuff, you'll see it. You'd be like, Oh, this guy's going to shoot. Um, he's going to be a good shooter. So Julian Phillips, I think would be a great bet. Like, I wouldn't even mind if you guys took him at 24, but I think there's a world that he makes it to the second round. And if you can grab him, I think he'd be great, great value. How is he athletically? Good athlete. Very good athlete. A very good athlete. Long, lanky. Um, 
can jump high enough. You know, I, I wouldn't say a freak athlete, but still a very, very good athlete. That's refreshing. I, I think historically, uh, most experts have always paired the Kings with fundamentally sound uh, players from either Europe or just with average athleticism. I have no idea. It's like, why can't we have the flashy athlete? You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's nice to hear. Yeah, and the Kings are once, at least this new front office in the last couple of years with Ronnie, they don't really release who they work out. It's like the player has to release it, right? But we do know that a couple of things that you mentioned, they did work out. Lundy, Phillips, um, Trace Jackson Davis was another one. But uh, yeah, like we're getting, we're getting some of the names you're mentioning. So that's, we at least know that they're on the King's radar <laughs> when it comes mm -hmm. to working them out. I just want to say you threw a name in there at the end, Trace Jackson Davis. You want a Sabonis copy, a Sabonis light? Take Trace Jackson Davis because he's got a lot of Sabonis to his game, but he's also a freak athlete who loves the volleyball block. Um, his block percentage stuff was crazy in college. A guy that cares a lot, plays really, really hard, and just got better every single year he was in college. Um, I'd love you know, to take a bet on that. Like if I was the NBA front office, I was drafting, you know, late in the first and TJD was on the board. I'd have no problem taking him. I I'd love to take a bet on a guy like that, that plays really hard, that cares, that is athletic, but also has, you know, like ball skills to his game. Like some of the stuff he was doing at Indiana, like they were asking him to play make at times and, you know, to, you know, pass out of the elbow and he just did great things. Um, so I, I think the shooting we'll see, I don't know if he'll ever be a lights out shooter from outside. But, you know, it's kind of like a poor man Sabonis that also can go and, like, block shots like a beast. I'd have no problem taking that guy. Honestly, if you say athletic Sabonis, then I'm all in. Um, <laughs> there were so many times during the season, and, and this is not a dig at Sabonis, but, yeah, you know, they throw him lobs, and he can't complete them. He'll catch them, but then, you know, he'll do his thing and, and probably kick out or um, – lay it in but yeah it would be nice to have an athletic quote-unquote sabonis so that's <laughs> yeah, yeah i, I mean, have one other name sorry, go to, ahead, to ask you or if you have a response to what no, you no, said you go, go first okay um someone else we just brought in uh that i know has been after the combine and all that stuff um it's kind of rising and that's ben shepherd i'm curious what your thoughts is it legit? Because what he looked like in the draft, in the combine draft, was all around really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've seen people on Twitter wonder if Ben Shepard is better than Jordan Hawkins. So he is currently a really hot name. I, I, I like Ben Shepard a lot. A guy that Maxwell Bombeck um, from No Ceilings NBA covered really early on before anyone even knew who he was. But an absolute lights out shooter. Um, a guy that honestly I should have mentioned when you guys brought up the three point shooting. Just an absolute lights out shooter, can handle the ball a little bit, can pass. Um, a really intriguing option. So I, I, I think obviously, like you said, after the combine, he became a really hot name because of how he played. 
But, you know, for the kind of draft sickos out there, like, you know, Maxwell and others on, at our site, he's kind of been on the radar for some time now. So um, would definitely be a great option for the Kings if you're looking for shooting because he is an, he, he's a lights out shooter. Oh, also, kind of going back to what you were saying about uh, TJD before. Um, yeah, he's <laughs> a guy that you guys will feel great about. And there are a lot of guys, I, I think, in this class, especially in that in that range that you'd feel really great about. But Trace Jackson Davis is going to be a really, really good pro. So, yeah, if he ends up there and you guys get him, it would be a great option. Great as a, even, you know, like a four or five off the bench as well. So, yeah, what excites me about him is his game improved so much from what I saw from him last season. So especially when he goes off against Purdue, I'm like, my goodness. Yeah, he's a totally different player now than he was. So I could only imagine what he's going to look like just six months from now, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, development development is growth. All that stuff is tricky. Uh, they say growth is not linear, uh, one of the oldest lines of the book. But it's true. You know, I like the funny thing is we spend so much time, comp you know, compiling these boards and mock drafts and stuff. And I feel like, who knows, like 60, 70 percent of these guys may be out of the league in a couple of years. It happens every single year. Um, but, you know, a guy like TJD is a guy worth betting on because of how hard he works and because of his growth and how he's developed in college. So I'm with you on that one. And you would think being able to develop behind someone like Sabonis would be huge for a player's kind of de development growth. And that was kind of the Kings, right? For so long in the lottery, they didn't have those core guys that you could have the young guys come in. Where Keegan was like the, really the first guy last year where he didn't have to come in and be the savior. Like he yeah. could just go play his game and not have that pressure. And we're going to see that with these draft picks if they use them. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah, always wonder, I think that's a great point. And I always wonder, what would De'Aaron Fox look like if he had Mike Brown in his rookie year? It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's all about the system and your situation. So, yeah, it's exciting times for sure as far as Kings fans go. If I can, really quickly. One more name that I want to throw in for the uh, 24th pick. A guy that is ridiculously high on my board, um, but could fall to twenty-four. Uh, not a great defender. I won't. I won't. You know, sugarcoat things. He's not a good defender. But a guy who's a lights-out shooter is crazy with the ball in his hands. Um, I think is one of the, actually one of the best ball handlers in the whole class is Jed Howard out of Michigan. Um, he's going to be miscast as just this jumbo shooter. But he's got a lot more to his game. A guy that struggled with ankle injuries all season long. Obviously, NBA lineage. Um, but lights out shooter, of course. But he has an absolutely wicked handle for a guy his size. He's about 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, can really handle the ball. Can really pass the ball as well. He showed it in spurts. Um, but, you know, that Michigan offense wasn't very uh, imaginative. They just kind of threw the ball to Hunter Dickinson, you know, 46 times in a row. And we're like, hey, this is good basketball. Uh, but Jed Howard is a guy that a guy that I actually have top five on my board. I, I get it. Most people have him in the teens, wherever. But he's top five for me because I think he's going to become something really special. 
Um, yeah, you don't get a lot of guys at that size with that kind of handle, with that kind of flexibility, with that kind of shooting. Um, you don't get that all the time. Um, he obviously needs to grow as a defender, needs to rebound the ball a lot better. Um, but I'd take a bet on a guy like that. And if he's there at 24, that's an intriguing option for you guys. For sure. So what happened to Gigi Jackson? For a while there, I saw him projected into the teens, and now he's kind of floating around the early second round. What do you think happened there? Gigi Jackson is one of the hardest players to evaluate in this class. Um, he does not like taking good shots. Uh, just kind of allergic to it. He probably took every bad shot in the book last season in his freshman year, but Hey, he's one of the youngest, if not the youngest guys in this class. Um, he sh actually should have been going to college right now instead of entering the draft uh, is how young Gigi Jackson is. But I mean, obviously you get it like, you know, he's got some athletic tools, got some shot making to him, got some handle for his size, but uh, players like Gigi scare me. Um, he's a guy that, you know, never saw a shot he didn't like. Um, needs to mature a ton. And that's not even me talking about like the Instagram live stuff. I, I just think on the floor, he's got to learn how to play team basketball. He's got to learn how to play without the ball. He's got to learn how to play within a team concept. Um, those types of things take time. Um, but I get it. If an NBA team grabbed him with a late first round pick, at a certain point, you have to grab the talent. Um, at a certain point in the draft, I mean. Um, so if you're looking in the 20s, you know, in the 30s, 40s, whatever, if he's still there on the board, you've got to grab a guy like that just because of the raw ability. Um, but, yeah, I think NBA teams saw that, you know, maybe he wasn't, like, in the best shape uh, during, you know, pre-draft combine stuff and, like, workout stuff. Um, obviously, Intel gets around and people hear different things. Um, so, yeah, I think that's what happened with him. Um, but I will not deny the raw ability that he has there's just a lot of fine tuning that needs to come well albert this was a lot of fun um i'm still overwhelmed <laughs> since there was, <laughs> there's so much movement in the draft uh, i really am but thank you for narrowing down uh, my list of people to research and to look more into yep oh, we yeah. really appreciate all your insight <laughs> no worries at all um really appreciate the invite once again um, these are always fun for me. Uh, wish the best uh, for the Kings. They were a fun story this season. So hopefully they get a guy that can help out and contribute to the good vibes and, uh, you know, lighting that beam. So, yeah, appreciate you guys having me once again. Yeah, and, and I do appreciate No Ceilings giving uh, all the UCLA players love. I appreciate that. <laughs> and I love the – I don't know who did it. Oh, I don't think – maybe it was you or somebody else, but somebody called Jaime Hawkins Jr. Um, Kevin McHale, but shorter. And that cracked me up. That that wasn't me, but yeah, I think it might have been Nick Agar Johnson. Yeah, that was incredible. So thanks again that for that draft your time. guide is top notch. <sighs> Appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. All right. Albert, take care and and let's do this again. All right. Sounds great.